0: Rachel Hayhoe for the trophy.
1: Straight into the hands of the man on the midwicket boundary. That's another one down.
0: Hello and welcome to Storylines, the women's cricket podcast for our second Daily Washes Breakdown Podcast. I'm Melissa Storey and joining me, she's back everyone, you missed her, it's Nikki Chowdhury.
1: Good to be back. You better have missed me yesterday by the way.
0: I was I was genuinely heartbroken. You know, Matt and Simon did a wonderful job but it just wasn't the same. I'm going to caveat this podcast straight away because Nikki knows this but I've had a wonderful day in Nottingham so far. I drove up to watch the day two of this, this Washes test and I sat in the crowd for a bit you sat in the
1: sun clearly i'm just looking at your arm (laughs) what
0: have you done i genuinely thought i was sat in the shade but apparently not so i'm currently resembling donald trump a tomato it's it's not good so i've taken the sun a bit i arrived at the hotel bear in mind it took about 30 minutes for me to find the the hotel parking nottingham is a maze of one-way systems and you're only allowed to turn left. But I really needed to turn right. So I had a bit of a struggle getting to the hotel. But as soon as I arrived at the hotel, I was handed a lovely glass of Prosecco. And as soon as I finished that lovely glass of Prosecco, I was handed a lovely glass of wine. So here we are. Your first ever lit podcast, is it? (laughs) Exactly. And my apologies to producer Matt straight away. Now, before we get started, of course, you can get in touch with us at Storylines Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We're looking out for your listener questions, your daily questions, any queries you have after watching the days play in this women's ashes test. I mean, let's kick things off with an overview. I mean, it's been Australia's game so far, hasn't it, Nikki? It really has. And
1: I just have one word to say, and that is Annabelle Sutherland. What an innings from a number eight batsman. She did not even look like a number eight batsman. She should not be batting there. The shot she's played, like... I got distracted from my work today. Like I was like, I need to watch this girl bat. She played some beautiful shots, and it was great to watch. It was a superb innings. Like I just have no words.
0: I'm I'm wordless. It goes to show the strength of this Australian lineup because you know, as you say, she's coming in at eight, and you do look at the names above her and actually kind of go. Fair enough, but it's relentless. And, you know, this is just the first innings to think England have to go through all of this all over again, or potentially won't have to, depending on how tomorrow's day's play goes for for England and their batting. But, you know, even Kim Garth coming in at number 10, you know, 22 off 76 balls. She really stuck out there and supported Sutherland. and, And from watching in the crowds, you know, it was strange because there was a really good crowd in today, but it was quiet. Because Australia were just ticking off boundaries, you know, running hard. And England essentially had a boundary field at some points, which was so defensive, of course, because there's runs on the board. But I felt things were not only flat from the crowd, but flat from England. And it reflected in their fielding. You know, there was an awful overthrow, which almost went for four. And, you know, of course, you're going to be deflated. You've been in the field for one and a half days. But, you know, there, there was a severe... I think lack of fight and the lack of options for England out there.
1: Yeah, definitely. It did seem a little bit flat and you can tell Australia had really had pulled the game into their quarters today, but it was well-deserved, I think, and the innings from Annabelle Sutherland was just spectacular. Obviously, the partnership she had with Ash Gardner was really like a A big part of that, but then, as mentioned, hold that through and then really just rotate the strike and work around the tail-enders as well. She did a really good job. And for Australia to finish, 473 all out. It's a great score and obviously England have a long way to go.
0: Of course, the hero really for England in that innings was Sophie Eccleston, who bowled a a magical and momentous 46.2 overs, Nine maidens, 129 runs, but she picked up those five wickets, crucial wickets. I mean, I'm not sure whether looking at it, whether, you know, it was a case of Sophie Eccleston saying, keep me on, you know, I'm going to get these wickets. Or actually, I mean, from a viewer's point of view, I was sat in the crowd going, Sophie Eccleston's arm is going to fall off. You have... The spin options of Emma Lamb, Heather Knight, Sophia Dunkley, where are these options being used? Because all I can see right now is an England team running their frontline spinner into the ground on the second day of international cricket this summer. Exactly. I think it goes back to what we spoke about on the Ashes preview in terms of England
1: being very light on that spin front. Do they not have the confidence in the other spinners? So clearly that's why Eccleston's having to hold up one end. And yes, she's done a great job. But this is not the one and only match. There's so many games going forward. You don't really want to lose her so early on. And potentially having maybe a change up could have just stunned the batsman and they could have picked up a wicket slightly earlier. You never know. At that point, I think Lottie said it on comms that you really just need to do something different. Just like maybe just take the batsman out of that comfort zone. And I think they could have done that potentially rather than just keep it going. It was kind of monotonous after a
0: point, don't you think? Definitely. And you know, at certain points, yes, Eccleston's one of the best bowlers in the world and you're looking at her and going... She's likely to take a wicket if she bowls a a nice delivery. But Sutherland was set. She was going along nicely. This pitch is not offering much. You know, the ball actually isn't turning that much. It's not, not swinging that much. It's just slow and occasionally quite low. So there's probably as much chance of you getting a wicket with Sophie Eccleston having to hammer on one end than you going, actually, Emma Lamb, come in for three overs at this end. And for all England know... Emma Lamb might suddenly bowl either an absolute beautiful delivery and clean Sutherland up through the gate or she'll bowl a slightly rank low full toss and it'll get punched straight to cover because sometimes, you know, those bad deliveries do pick up the wickets because it's different. And, you know, I, there was all that talk in the, the, the men's edge basting test about these innovative fields, which me, Simon and Matt touched on yesterday. And I think at one stage today, when Eccleston was bowling, England had two short covers in. And that was the only time I noticed a a slightly different field. You know, those slips stayed in there all day. There was the conventional square leg, extra cover, you know, cover. And then, as I say, towards the end of the day, England were just defensive. There was, for me, not enough innovation. And I think that comes from England only... Really being relying on, I was going to say five bowlers here, but it's, it's hardly five It because Nat Brunt has still just bowled the, the five overs she bowled on day one. So it's really been cross Bell, Eccleston and Filer, fighting so hard to get something from this dead pitch. And not really getting much support from from the captain in the field placements in, in making something happen. It's just been a, a bit too inflexible for me. I don't, I don't know about you. I feel, I'm worried. I'm ranting. I'm getting I'm getting towards my frustrated tipsy stage, Nikki.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. I completely agree with you. But in terms of what you guys spoke about last night on the end of day one, in terms of the field settings, it was very conventional. Especially some of the slip fielders we had. Did we really need them? Like I understand. In the men's game, we've got slips come into play, but that is slightly different in terms of having the pace on the ball. The ball gets beats the bat- batter in the air and off the wicket. We don't see that happening as much in the women's game. The point of contact that the ball hits the bat on is also much higher in the men's game if you look at where where on the bat the ball strikes. So I think that all comes into play, and then that actually it depends on where you're... You can bowl like that, and then your slips come into play. So... I think just having the fielders there for the sake of playing test cricket and having a conventional field, maybe not much thought was gone had gone into it. Um, but I completely get where you're coming from. Eccleston took the bare brunt, really, of that load. And, um, yeah, maybe it just MLM could have come in, just bowled a few overs. you am not saying everyone has to come and bowl long spells either. Just come in, do short spells, change it up a bit. It is Ultimately, the bowler is going to win at one point because it is a bowler's game. They get six opportunities. The the batter's got one
0: ball, right? So, yeah, it's just a matter of patience. And that is exactly the beauty of Test cricket. And we got a couple of listener questions in on Twitter today, which mainly kind of revolve around England's selection process. Again, touched on yesterday. They announced the team 24 hours in advance. Did they have a chance to look at the pitch and maybe how much grass had been taken off before the toss? I'm not sure, but Yosef has kind of messaged and and in his, he says, thoughts on why England didn't go to a plan B or C when things weren't working and bring on one or two of the part-timers to bowl a few. Exactly what you've just said there, Nikki. And he actually pointed out that Eccleston has bowled almost 47 overs, meaning that she's bowled more in this innings or this first innings than what she can bowl in the white ball part of the Ashes combined. It is... Crazy,
1: right? That is crazy.
0: I'm sure she's gonna be on the physio bed this evening. And following on from that, we've got a question from Erin, who I'm hoping I've pronounced that right. I'm sorry if I haven't. Um, who says, you know, there may have been a mistake made at the toss here in the way England have read the pitch. We've already seen Australia, who have so many more bowling options when you look at them, you know, they have Garth, they've got Darcy Brown, they've got Annabelle Sutherland, Elise Perry, that's just the seamers. Then you go into the spin of Jess Jonathan, Ashley Gardner, Alana King. They're not going to be relying on four bowlers like England have. So Erin asks, if you could go back to the toss and make one change to the England team, what would it be, Nikki? Oh, wow, you've really stumped me there. I would definitely play another spinner. I think I'm going to extend that to you're allowed to bring in some people who weren't named in the squad. Would you bring in a player? I mean, for me, it, 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 the options would have been, I mean, even not necessarily a, a spinner, it would have been that extra bowling option because something else will, of course, be touched on. Nat Siverbrunt's only bowled five overs. Her, her wife, Catherine Siverbrunt, has mentioned on, on commentary that she's got a bit of a knee problem. I don't know what it is with English all-rounders and knee problems, but they need to be wrapped in bubble wrap. But, you know, if England knew this in advance of the Test match, surely then that may have gone... I know they were keen to bring in Danny Wyatt. Danny Wyatt's an incredible form. But, you know, you have three all-rounders, two in the squad with Danny Gibson and Alice Davison Richards and one outside of the squad in Charlie Dean. You know, should there have been another bowling option if they knew Nat Silverbrum wasn't going to be able to bowl that much? Or did they not know and it, it, it was a problem which arose after five overs? I feel like if you've got a niggle, you probably know roughly that
1: something doesn't feel quite right. We've all been there; that you're like, "Oh, this feels a bit off." But Danny White, you've just mentioned she does bowl off spin. Maybe just a quick chop and change could have done with her. But I've got the answer to your question. You've just reminded me. I thought of it earlier. Why did ADR not play? I feel like ADR could have because she's got bowling, she's got batting, she's great with both. So I think that could have added definitely a bit more strength to the side. They could have gone right,
0: ADR. Here you go. You got three overs. Like do something and then you can chop it around again. It's that awful thing of how infrequent women's tests are that you've got a player like Alice Davidson Richards who was an absolute star in that women's test match against South Africa last summer in Taunton, you know, scores a 100, breaks all sorts of records on debut. And then unfortunately, you know, because these tests don't come around often enough, you're suddenly being dropped into an outsider who, you know, may not be as familiar with the women's game. They'll be going, hang on a second. But, you know, they do have to take in considerations. Of course, a lot of people were surprised to see Izzy Wong dropped out the side, but maybe potentially hadn't spotted that this season she struggled a bit with the ball. You know, it's it's so difficult to, you know, make these kind of calls when, when test matches are so infrequent. And, you know, one thing which you actually messaged me about in the middle of the game today is I wanted to touch on was There's so much concern about, you know, bowling loads during the season, particularly in the white ball format. You know, I've spoken to a lot of the players where they're going, actually, I'm only allowed to bowl six overs in practice today because I have a, a game in two days time. Does that go out the window during these test matches? How has it been allowed for Sophie Exton to bowl this many overs? This is exactly, I don't think we'd be having this this discussion if the
1: whole bowl X amount of overs in a week or you're going to have to monitor your load wasn't so strict or maybe like overprotective, I think. Obviously, you need to like preserve your shoulder if you're a bowler or like it's important. But then again, we're talking about having more women's test matches. That load, you won't be able to bowl consistently well enough unless your body's used to bowling those overs. It's not just going to come out of magic, right? So you've got to get used to having those bowl- those overs under your belt, and that only comes through bowling. So then again, if we're not having this much test cricket, we don't have three-day cricket in regionals at the moment, where is a player going to get that opportunity? Because I'm sure by the end of these five days, they're going to be living in an ice bath. Hundred percent. So if there's no opportunity to express that or we'll actually give it a go now, bowl those overs and get used to bowling twenty overs in a day, twenty five overs in a day. So when it does actually come to it, a you can perform under the pump. B you're consistent enough to bowl those twenty overs. So you've got if you've got a short leg and um people around the bat, they have faith in you because you can deliver your skill
0: consistently. But you've got to be able to do that and have the opportunity to play those games in the first place. And it was illustrated quite, you know, as you say, how are players meant to be expected to be really consistent when they haven't had this match practice? I'd probably say in the performances of Kate Cross and Lauren Bell, who probably would have said they were a bit too inconsistent. They just weren't able to land that ball on the same spot six times because... You don't want to do that in white ball cricket because that's predictable. And the same problem was experienced by Kim Garth and um, Darcy Brown in the opening spell. Crickviz went and said that actually almost around 36 or 32 to 36 of the deliveries in those opening spells, the England players were able to leave. You know, so, so easy. And then compare that to Annabelle Sutherland when she came on. Her first two overs, the England players had to play at every single ball. And, you know, that, that's brilliant from Sutherland. Again, this is turning out to be a fantastic test match for her. But, you know, it's, it's, it's harsh. You feel awful to, you know, and so, and on one hand, be holding these players to a certain level because they are professionals and it's what you expect. But also going, how on earth are we expecting them to do this with, with no practice of this format? It's, it's such an awful kind of, you know, inner fight within you as someone watching the game and a commentator on the game. Exactly. I think that can only happen
1: if it gets introduced from the base. So if Regions started playing three-day cricket, so then people get used to it. I think you just got to get used to having those overs in your legs as well. It's, it is a huge shock to the system, even if you play a one-day decky game. I've played them. It is very different to playing a 50 over or a 20, 20. It's just a completely different toll on your body. So you need to get used to doing that. And in terms of monitoring workload, you reminded me of an incident, actually, at my school. There was um, someone who actually came to play a game and they were told by their county or region, I can't remember which one it was, that they weren't allowed to bowl. Bearing in mind, this person, this player, is, a bo- is an off-spinner. So they came to the game, and they're like, oh, by the way, I can't bowl today because um, my I'm not allowed to bowl, I don't have any overs left for the week, and they were in the match, and it's just like, well, this doesn't make sense, You you surely you train and you practice bowling to bowl in a game, right? You don't just practice to be in the nets, you practice to play cricket in the summer. But then we're like, actually, I can't bowl
0: in this game today because I've bowled my overs for the week. That... That logic doesn't work. I wish I could use that excuse because I bowled about four overs running up the hill and I'm absolutely blowing. Now, it is stumps now in the women's test, as we say. England women trail by 255 runs. So it's it's still a bit of an uphill battle for England. But to kind of go towards rounding things off, let's just celebrate the wonder, which is Tammy Beaumont's form because she's finished the day on a hundred not out. Tabby Beaumont, take a bow. I mean, 200 in the warm-up game and a hundred in England's second innings. She's got to go on to make a big hundred here, Nikki. Surely, you know, 150 plus at least. A hundred percent.
1: She's looked very comfortable at the crease. She's been playing some very dominating shots as well. She's really putting those bad balls away she's not being too defensive in terms of thinking oh it's a longer format let me just like dig in but if there's a bad delivery like she is sending that away and it's just really good to see how she's performed and she's obviously gone at a strike rate of rough 64 as well so she's been scoring pretty decently given the format and uh yeah some I've enjoyed her shots this evening as well
0: well she was certainly you know making the most of the Australians over pitching certain deliveries as well. You know, we're so used to seeing that Tammy Beaumont cover drive and every time she made contact, the crowd would roar and it was was brilliant. You mentioned her strike rate there. I think her career batting strike rate in tests, bearing in mind she's only played seven tests, this will be her eighth, is around 43. So she's really, really progressed on that in this test so far and yeah that that small partnership well she had with Heaven Knight as well before she went to, to a, a ball which didn't necessarily spin from Ashley Gardner but it was well set up so Heaven Knight going for 57 as well you know Nat Brunt is nicely poised on 41 at the end of the day Nat Siverbrunt, Tammy Beaumont you've got two of England's most experienced players out there it's set to be lovely weather tomorrow in fact it's set to be really bad for my sunburn tomorrow but a fantastic chance for England to actually you know get closer to Australia's target because it does look intimidating on paper but as someone who has watched a a lot of this test in person today the pitch is doing nothing you know should England be backing themselves here to, to make up this deficit I
1: think they should be it looks very flat what I've seen today but um, you know what, I'll be honest with you, Had the Knight getting dismissed for 57, she'd got there, she's been set, she's the set batter. I just
0: feel like, oh, that could have been a conversion, it would have been good to see, wouldn't it? I mean, she, she would have wanted to herself, she has a fantastic Ashes test record herself, and I mean, it was a bit of a prod. As I say, it was well bowled from Gardner, but I'm sure Knight would be... Disappointed in in the way she went, but plenty of batting options for England if they do want to chase down this deficit. Amy Jones coming in at seven, so it's a long line of batters. Sophie Eccleston, I'm including her in that. She can give it amazing whack coming in at eight. So it's going to be an interesting day three, that's for certain. Now before we round things off, Nikki, I've got two very important questions for you. Now the first one is that last week or even a few days ago, because I've lost track of time. You declared your allegiance to the Australian men's cricket team. Now, I don't mind this. I like Pat Cuppins. I actually do like this Australian men's cricket team. And, you know, you're from India. You're allowed to support Australia in the men's game. Now, the big question is, Nikki, are you supporting the Australian women's cricket team? Are you trying to make our podcast less biased? Oh, my goodness. You've really thrown me in here. So, see...
1: Because I'm not English or Australian, I feel like I can support anyone, right? But I'm going to say, if I'm supporting the men, I'm going to have to support the women. You know what? I've taken a dagger to the heart, but it's fine. You just twist it. It's good for the podcast. This podcast needs some, like, balance, right? Otherwise, it's not going to be fair. Secondly, what did sell it for me was... Annabelle Sutherland's innings this morning like I was really spellbound it was so great to see someone come in with so much clarity and confidence in their own game and I am a sucker for good technique like I am a sucker so I think to see that and it was just it was really just made me happy you know I don't see it often and I was just really happy I had a really good day I was like I got
0: emotional when she got 100 and I was like you know what you deserve it, hun. I'm I'm happy that you've had a good day. I'm happy that Annabelle Sutherland's had a good day. I'm just all round happy. My final question for you, Nikki. You also tweeted earlier. I don't want to make it out like I'm stalking you, but maybe I am. I think you've, you've got your notifications on, haven't you? Every time Nikki Chadley <laughs> tweets. I'm your biggest fan girl. How did you know? Is that you don't like it when players have their whites untucked from their trousers. There was a point in the game today. The ball gets hit to deep
1: mid-wicket and... The fielder at deep mid wicket had their shirt untucked. It was like halfway down their thigh. And I'm sorry, but that is very village. I'm sorry. Like If you're wearing whites, you tuck it in. You tuck it in unless you're bowling, which is fine because you need that breeze and it, otherwise it's too restrictive. You're You're allowed. But you're on the field.
0: Don't untuck it. It's like... Oh, it just really gives me the ick, man. Standards these days. Things weren't like this back in the 1950s. Every single cricketer you came across had their shirt tucked in and society was good. <laughs> what is that voice? I don't sound like that. That was my impression of the average bloke at your local cricket club. But, you know, it's fine. I'll work on it. I know it's a bit rusty. Before we descend into chaos and I keep stalking your tweets, I, I you know what? I do agree with you. I think it looks smart. I'm part of the shirt tucking society. I, in fact, usually size up on T-shirts as well so I can keep it tucked in when I bowl because I like to keep up standards when I'm bowling. Yeah, like coloured
1: clothing I can get. Like sometimes like you keep it out. It depends on the cut and the fit of the shirt, fine. But
0: in whites, if you're playing test cricket, test cricket, you've got to dress for the occasion. Your nan's watching. You've got to look smart otherwise. She's not going to slip you that like, 20 quid when you see her next. On that note... We'll finish off this Daily Ashes Roundup. Day two at the end. England women trailing Australia by 255 runs. We are so excited for day three. We hope you are too. And of course, keep giving us your questions to answer. The more, the better. Message us on Instagram or Twitter at StorylinesPod. And for now... I'm off to have another wine, Nikki. I'm going to join you. I've got FOMO, so I've put one in the fridge. Oh, it's going to be a great night for us. Thank you for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.